Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHT, WPHT, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. So the Republicans kicked out George Santos, and now the Democrats have that seat. Really smart. That was a brilliant, brilliant move. And there was a big snowstorm, so the Republican votes were not there because people in the Republican Party are still not embracing early voting, even though they have to because it's what the Democrats are doing. So, yeah, great move kicking out Santos. Get a good pat on the back for rising to virtue. That the left will care about for eight seconds. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. You know, when Republicans do stupid things like that to think that they're getting some sort of points or something from, I don't know, the corporate media, uh, the left. I don't really know what the point of doing stuff like that is. All it does is blow up in their face. Uh, they might get praised for five seconds and then realize now you're down a vote. You're down a Republican vote. And that's what it comes down to. It comes down to votes. It comes down to counting votes. And, you know, Santos is out, and now you got this Democrat in, and there there you go. Great strategy. Meanwhile, in the U.S. Senate, Bob Menendez is still a sitting United States indicted corrupt senator, getting foreign briefings and classified briefings on the Senate Foreign Intelligence Committee. So, you know— At some point, maybe Republicans will learn this lesson, but probably not, because there's still so many of them that want to just do the right thing as opposed to just win, you know, as opposed to just win, because we are this is an epic battle for this country. And now we're a vote down and the Democrats have one more vote and they all vote in lockstep. If you haven't noticed, you know, three Republicans yesterday defected and voted against impeaching Mayorkas. For what reason? It's dead and arrival in the Senate. Why not just stand united as a party and send a message to the American people? But they have to virtue signal. They got to clutch the pearls. They got to show everybody that they're uh, above partisan rancor, blah, blah, blah. And Democrats don't play that game. They all rally together and they do what needs to be done to get the ball across the finish line. And I, I, I feel as if I've been saying this now for years. I think I've said this so many times. I think I've, I've made fun enough of the bipartisan nonsense about reaching across the aisle to the point now where I don't even bother bringing it up anymore. You know, the Mitt Romney's, the Liz Cheney's and all these other people that think they're going to be in the good graces of the Democrats. For what purpose? I mean, what, what, what purpose? Do the Democrats ever moderate? No. 
they are hell-bent on driving their agenda through. That's what they're trying to do. And the Republicans, quite frankly, stink at defense. They really do. Because that's, let's face it, that's all we're doing right now is playing defense. And so hopefully we can win back the White House in November. But as of right now, we're just playing defense. That's all we're doing. And we're play, trying to play defense in the House. Offense to the best we can, but really that offense is muted in the sense that we don't have the ability to actually remove Mayorkas because of the Senate. We don't have the ability to remove Joe Biden in the Senate. So really what we're talking about here is we're talking about playing defense, trying to stop things, you know, trying to stop the foreign aid bill from going through, trying trying to stop whatever crazy spending plans that Biden's trying to push through. That's what we're trying to do at this point, or they're trying to do, I should say, at this point. And that's it. And that's all they can do because, you know, honestly, the battle for the truth that we're all trying to find, it's not easy and it's getting more difficult. Corporate media, you know, joined in with the unholy triad of the big tech and the government and it's getting harder and harder to find the truth of things. Even the woman who played one of my favorite characters on The Sopranos said that exact thing to Megyn Kelly. That's right, Adriana. The actress who played Adriana said that to Megyn Kelly on her podcast when she was talking about conservatism being the only place to go and find some semblance of truth. I'll get to that. We have a lot to get to. We have some great guests coming on the show as well. And um, we have a wonderful, wonderful uh, abbreviated show. So uh, three hours today instead of four because we have Penn State basketball on at 6 o'clock today. Don't cry for me. My wife's away. I'm on dad duty. I got kid duty all week. So like my father-in-law's here to help. Uh, it's fine. It's okay. It's all right. Don't worry about it. We'll 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 get through this together. And of course, yesterday during the show, that story broke. Matt Taibbi, Michael Schellenberger's piece, really getting into the heart of what happened with the CIA spying on the Trump campaign, and more details on that are coming out. And then the point that Jesse Waters made in his show last night about how Biden's Department of Justice essentially has this five-hour interview that they're that they're using potentially now to get rid of him, to, to get him out of the race. And that, what we're talking about, of course, is the interview that Biden gave to the special counsel reviewing the classified documents. You know, that interview where Biden was just a, a, a kind-hearted elderly man with a bad memory. So... I I said it yesterday, I said it uh, the day before, and I said it on Friday or Thursday because I was off on Friday. Release the transcript. Let's see it. Release the tapes. Release the interview. Let's have it out there. Let's let's see Joe Biden answer these questions. Let's see exactly how he did because there's a two-pronged strategy here. The first strategy is to act like Joe Biden's not really a feeble old, old man who forgets and hides his own Easter eggs. And the second strategy is Joe Biden's a forgetful old man who forgets and hides his own Easter eggs. And, and, and they employ that when they want to use that to cover up for the president's absolute corruption. And then, then they get mad at you and you bring that up and they go, That's, you're not a neurologist. You can't say that. That's mean. How can you turn around and say that he's hiding his own Easter eggs? You don't know that. Who are you, the Easter bunny? Stop it. But you can't have it both ways. You know, either either we're they're using this excuse because they're trying to hide for the fact that on those all those classified documents and what's there is the direct tie in to what Tony Bobolinsky said yesterday, which is the brand is Biden and they were selling the brand to the highest bidder, bad adversaries around the world. And uh, Joe Biden was selling out this this country. 
as vice president of the United States. All his little portfolios. You know, he had the port, the Ukraine portfolio, and the family got rich off Ukraine. He had the Romania portfolio, and the family got rich off Romania. He had the Chinese energy portfolio, and the family got rich off Chinese energy. So you see there's a pattern here. There's a very, very obvious pattern here. And those classified documents just suddenly happened to be there when Hunter needed them and when his brother James needed them. And then they were able to get information to all their clients. You know, things like um, the 22-point strategy of Ukraine dealing with uh, Russian aggression. You know, something that an idiot crackhead like Hunter could never come up with on his own in a million years. But was also a document prepared for the vice president of the United States, Joe Biden, who was about to go to Ukraine and meet with the president. Which, of course, then he would demand that the prosecutor investigating Ukraine be fired. Even though that very prosecutor was being hailed by our people as being a, uh, a stalwart fighter of corruption. A man we should all try to be like. A man who deserved our praise until suddenly he wasn't. And then he had to be out of a job. And suddenly now he was corrupt and Burisma, the Chinese energy conglomerate, or excuse me, the Ukrainian energy conglomerate, was not. So that's what we're dealing with right now. And it is, an, it is a constant, constant battle. I think the easiest way to do this, the, 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 the best way is just release the tapes, release the transcripts, put it all out there and let everybody see. It's not very hard. It's really not that, that difficult to think about it. Today, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence has made available to all members of Congress information concerning a serious national security threat. Chairman Mike Turner putting out this statement. I am requesting that President Biden declassify all information relating to this threat so that Congress, the administration, and our allies can openly discuss the actions necessary to respond to this threat. Senator Mike Lee retweeted that and said, it's very, I'm very interested to learn about this threat. Also very interested to know why the spy guys are raising mysterious alarms right before we're about to reform illegal domestic surveillance under FISA. It's a good point. I'd like to know. I would like to know, too, because it seems like what they want to do is expand their powers to spy on all of us. And then that ties into what Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi broke yesterday, that the CIA's efforts to go all in and bring down the Trump campaign to do those things before Trump was even the nominee. Uh, it was a concerted effort by Barack Obama and his administration to spy on 26 different members of the Trump campaign. You know, he was wiretapped and they used the full surveillance powers that everybody gives them to then turn around and use it against the American people. To use it against the American people. And that's what they do. And they they use it for political purposes. It's the Zioli axiom that I told you, um, I don't know what, 10 years ago. I said, if you give up liberty in the name of safety and security, then they will weaponize whatever powers you give them. They will weaponize it and use it for political purposes. And right now we're about to debate expanding the government's power under FISA, renewing the, the warrantless wiretaps that the FBI has abused to spy on American citizens. And we're going to hear now about all of these threats that are about to hit the homeland. All these threats against America. And they'll scare people as they allow the border to be wide open and people are coming in uh, who are on the terrorist watch list. 
and they're coming into the country and then they'll use all those things to then turn around and say, you have to give us the power to be able to spy on you whenever we want because we got to keep you safe from all these bad guys. And Republicans will do it. They'll they'll turn around and they'll 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 do it. They'll 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 give in. They'll they'll reauthorize the power. They won't learn. And then we'll be reminded that there wasn't really a threat from a foreign person. It was some MAGA person in their basement playing with toy trains and teeth who had uh, a Betsy Ross flag and a Cabela's fishing hat on. And they're the real terrorists. And we have to watch them. You know, and you'll you'll understand that anybody who's in the Capitol on January of 2021, you know, near the Capitol, they got to be monitored. They got to be spied on because, you know, any day now could be another January 6th, could be another insurrection day. So it's just uh, it's just really amazing to me how um, Republicans don't learn these lessons. And, you know, I'll tell you right now, it's. I'll respond to a tweet I got from Michael McWilliams on Twitter. Uh, Just because Senate Democrats won't do the right thing doesn't mean House Republicans should have done the wrong thing. Santos was a fraud and a grifter and had to go. According to who? Do we not have a standard where we, I don't know, convict people of things before we just punish them? I thought that was a thing. I thought that was a thing in this country where, you know, a guy may be a, a grifter and a fraud, but we usually charge them with something and then we find them guilty and then we do what we do by removing them from office versus just hearing accusations and then turning around and punishing them for what? How is that doing the right thing? I don't understand that. So there's accusations made against somebody and doing the right thing is to strip that person of the seat that they were elected to because of accusations. We don't have due process. Isn't isn't I'm sorry, but isn't doing due process the right thing, Michael? Isn't following the Fifth Amendment, the concept, the spirit of that, the due process clause where everybody's innocent until proven guilty? Isn't that kind of the spirit of how we do things in this country? So they never convicted the guy of anything. They just removed him because of accusations. He lied about this. He lied about that as if they all don't lie, you know, and now they're down to vote. So, yeah, sure. If you think that's the right thing, I mean, if you think that just depriving somebody of their due process and just finding them guilty based on accusations and then kicking them out of Congress, even though they were elected, is the right thing, then I guess we have a different understanding of what the right thing is. Because in my mind, the right thing is, well, the people voted for this guy. He has not been convicted of anything. He's not been convicted of a crime. There are accusations but not anything that he's been actually found guilty by a jury of his peers, which is what the Constitution requires. So how is it doing the right thing? And for what purpose? For what exactly? To brag that you you got rid of a Republican and you lost a vote, you're down a vote because you just give in to accusations and you don't believe in due process and you don't believe in the idea that everybody's innocent or proven guilty? I don't know. I guess I don't see it as the right thing in that respect, in my opinion. Uh, 855-839-1210 is the number on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you would like to weigh in today. And speaking of the corrupt United States Senator Bob Menendez, who, by the way, I'm not calling for Menendez to be removed as a senator. I'm not. He has not been convicted either. I've called for Bob Menendez to not receive classified intelligence briefings because of the allegations that he sold out the United States of America to Egypt and to Qatar, which I think is reasonable. But I haven't called on him to be removed from the Senate because I'm consistent. I'm consistent. I don't think you should remove somebody if the voters elected them unless they've been found guilty of a crime. But I'm consistent. 
I always am. You'll never find an instance where I will do something, say something one day, and then the next day I'm completely contradicting myself. I'm very proud of that fact. Probably the most consistent voice in talk radio. I like to say anyway. But speaking of the corrupt United States senator from New Jersey, Senator Bob Menendez's wife got an engagement ring as part of the bribery scheme, according to uh, what prosecutors are alleging in a new filing. Nice and shiny. Hopefully she got it from Lee Pavorsky, but I doubt it because Lee doesn't deal with criminals. Anyway, uh, the notion of Bob Menendez being a U.S. senator, it's funny, too. The last person that wants to see him removed is King Philip the Unaccountable, the governor of New Jersey. You know, his wife is running for the U.S. Senate, and Murphy has the power to appoint somebody to take that seat. He doesn't want to have to appoint his wife because he ultimately wants to run for president. And the Murphys are trying to become the new power couple. So his royal rugness, King Philip the Unaccountable, with that rug that he stapled to his head, he wants his wife to be a senator, but he doesn't want to appoint her because to do that may look bad. You know, it, it may look bad in a general election. Democrats won't care. They don't have any standards. But in a general election, people might say, it's really have to appoint your own wife, dude. That's not really cool. So he doesn't want that. They don't want Bob Menendez to go anywhere, which is why Bob Menendez will not go anywhere. And Tammy Murphy, even though she just lost the convention in her own, one of the most important counties, will probably wind up becoming the Senate nominee. Bob Menendez will not. But again, I'm just pointing out the discrepancy. You know, there's a, there's a fundamental principle of due process. I don't believe Bob Menendez should have to resign. I don't believe Bob Menendez should be expelled. These are only charges against him. I mean, I know he's guilty as hell. I know he is. I knew OJ was too. But we still respect the process. You know, just just because we know somebody's guilty doesn't mean we get to skip to the part where we just punish them. The Constitution's pesky in that respect. And I know it gets in the way a lot of times. Just be easy just to drop the guillotine. I get it. But it really is incumbent upon having the government prove their case uh, against people, even when we all know they're guilty. And trust me, Bob Menendez is guilty as sin. It doesn't matter, though, because under our system, it's not up to him to prove his innocence. It's up to the government to prove his guilt. So I'm consistent on that. But I don't have to be because the Democrats, they're not going to do something politically stupid. Republicans do politically stupid things. And I don't know why. Because now you're down a vote at, at, a, at a critical moment where you have other Republicans defecting on key votes like impeaching Mayorkas, which would send a message to America. Hey, we don't really care what the Senate does. You know, we're the House of Representatives and we believe this guy needs to be held accountable for the open border. We believe this guy needs to be held accountable for this invasion on the southern border and we're holding him accountable. And if you if you are OK with the Senate just waving that off, well, then that's on you. But our job in the House is not to worry about what the Senate does. Our job in the House is to follow the Constitution. The Constitution gives us the power of impeachment. And that's what we're doing. We're impeaching him because we want to send a message to America that this guy is the reason why the border is wide open. See, in my mind, that's doing the right thing, even if you don't think you're going to get a conviction of Mayorkas in the Senate. And you're not. They're not. They're not going to get two thirds. You won't even get McConnell to vote for it. But you're still sending a message in that sense. But it shows you, though, three Republicans defected to prove that they are rising above partisan politics. You need every vote you can get. You need every vote. This stuff is way too close. It's way too close. 
So I don't really understand what the little stunt with Santos achieved. I don't know why anybody would think that they did the right thing, especially when the guy didn't have his due process, his day in court. And also now Republicans are down to vote. The whole thing just seems stupid to me, honestly, completely stupid. Um, Now, Speaker Johnson has come out and said, we will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that does nothing to secure the border. Good. How about you don't pass a foreign aid bill at all? And how about you just pass a border bill? Why do we have to combine the two things is my question. And I know the answer to that. And I'll give you the answer to that upon my return. That is the big story of the day today brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, my buddy, my friend, and the master of dental implants, Dr. Mike Venaria. By the way, some breaking news out of Kansas City. Multiple people have been struck in a shooting that happened very close to where uh, the Super Bowl was, or I guess where the Kansas City Chiefs play. So we'll talk about all that with you as well as the show goes on. A lot of breaking news, as there's always breaking news on this show. It's just why we're an afternoon drive. Don't go away. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The only show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. So there's uh, breaking news in Kansas City where the um, Super Bowl parade was taking place. Multiple people have been struck in a shooting. And I believe a couple of armed people have been arrested. Details are still coming out. We'll certainly keep uh, you informed throughout the afternoon as more details come in. Uh, That's the latest that's happening right now in Kansas City. They haven't said anyone's um, died yet, but they said multiple people have been struck in a shooting. So I don't know the severity of the injuries, and we don't know any other details at this point. But obviously, if there's a a press conference or anything, and we deem it worthy, we'll bring it to you. Uh, considering that it was the uh, the Super Bowl parade, you know, obviously this may rise to something bigger than maybe just a lone nut. You know, who knows? We just don't know. So I'm not going to speculate on anything. A lot to get to today. You know, this uh, this notion of this big impending threat against America that's coming out. I just I'd like to I just I want to know, you know, what is it? What's the big what's the big threat? The House Intelligence Committee, Mike Rogers, uh, he's all in on, you know, beefing Michael Turner, excuse me, beefing up all these uh, protocols they have to be able to use the national security state against the American people. So I wanted some details, man. Give me some details before we. Just allow the FBI to continue to abuse our civil liberties and spy on the American people. Um, Give us some details on what's going on. I think that'd be nice, right? I think that would be nice. Now, uh, Speaker Johnson has said we are not going to be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that does nothing to secure the border. And look, I commend the Speaker for saying that. 
But what I want to know is why does a foreign aid bill have to do with our border in any way, shape or form? Why do the two have to be put together? And I'll tell you the reason why. You have a lot of Republicans that want to keep funding this war in Ukraine. They want to keep writing the checks, but they know it's not popular with the Republican base because it's not. And proof of that is the fact that Nikki Haley is getting crushed by Donald Trump. And but these Republicans need cover because they want to keep doing it, but they need cover because the swamp wants to make sure that they keep doing it. So the cover is the border. They get to turn around and go, oh, you know, listen, I didn't I didn't want to vote to give Ukraine money, but I had to. I had to secure our southern border. There's no reason why foreign aid should be with a border bill. No, no reason whatsoever. You should have an up or down vote on foreign aid. And in my opinion, you should have an up or down vote on the three different countries. So you have an up or down vote on Ukraine. You have an up or down vote on Taiwan. You have an up or down vote on Israel. You outline the terms of all this. Is this a loan? Is this uh, actual foreign aid? You debate the merits of each and then you have a vote. That's how I think it should be done. But we don't do it that way. And the reason why we don't is because we have to give cover to people. So you got to give cover to people. They can turn around and go, I didn't want to support Ukraine, but I have to stand with Israel. I don't want to give money to Ukraine, but I got to secure the southern border. It's the game. It's part of the game. It's why the swamp always wins. It's why the swamp controls the levers of all these people. But here's what the speaker said. Cut number three. Starting the border. You know, talk about the American people not being listened to. They are crying out to the Biden administration to secure the border. This is not a Republican issue. It's an issue for every single person, and everybody knows it. We know the stories of children being poisoned by fentanyl and cities being overwhelmed by migrant surges. We know... House Republicans have shown that we are listening to and, and, and holding the administration accountable for this catastrophe. We're listening to the people. We're taking action to hold Biden accountable. Last night, the House voted to approve articles of impeachment against Secretary Mayorkas. Desperate times call for desperate measures. We had to do that. He has abdicated his responsibility. He's breached the public trust, and he's disregarded the laws Congress has passed. But, but much more has to be done, of course, to secure the border. And what the Senate produced this week is silent on that issue. Senator McConnell and I have spoken about this in frank sessions, and let me be clear here again this morning. The Republican-led House will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that was opposed by most Republican senators and does nothing to secure our own border. It's time for Washington to start showing some love to Americans. On Valentine's Day, this is a good day to point this out. You need to listen to the American people and their needs and take action. And that's why House leadership will continue to govern with Americans' interests at heart. Okay. Um, remember the concept of the forgotten man, by the way? This was something that came up in the 2016 campaign when Trump was running. The forgotten, forgotten men and women. It was, a, it was a point that Trump referenced a lot. It's actually from an 1883 speech. And there is a column about that that Lee Habib wrote. And I'm going to chat with him about that in a couple minutes about that. How this 1883 speech might explain the rise of Trump. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. Plus, later in the show today, uh, Casey Maddox has a piece in the New York Post that I really enjoyed. Why our politicians can't stop passing absurd laws. And I agree. Why can't they? It's a great question. Uh, Lance on Twitter says the shooting here in Kansas City was in the Union Station garage. Union Station was the final stop of the parade route. Also where the NFL draft was held last year. So they're saying shots were fired. We don't have a ton of details, but, you know, as it comes in, we'll get them for you. And I know you guys are monitoring that in the studio for me, right? So if you'll hear anything, just shoot me a note so we know and we can keep everybody informed throughout the show today. Uh, Johnny Cook with a snarky tweet that he's 100% wrong about. 
He said, you're being disingenuous. Being convicted of a crime and fired from your job are different matters. In fact, people have been elected while sitting in jail. Well, you're correct, except George Santos wasn't fired. The voters are his boss, not House leadership, not his fellow members of Congress. The voters are his boss. So if they wanted to fire him, they could have in November of this year. They could have fired him. They absolutely could have. The voters are the boss, not Republican leadership. You elect leadership to guide the ship, but they're not your bosses. Leadership is not, it doesn't mean that they're in charge of you. It means they're in charge of the agenda and all those other things. And they're in charge of, of the votes and they're in charge, but they're not your boss though, which is an important point. Uh, and the second part of Johnny's uh, tweet, which I actually do agree with though, is he said, the reason I think this is stupid is a slippery slope. If you can expel politicians for lying, oh boy. Yeah, of course. I mean, they all freaking lie. So we can start uh, expelling every person who lies. You, you wouldn't have anybody in Congress. Uh, that check-in on social media, by the way, brought to you by our friends at Cherry Hill Vava, where relationships matter. Speaker Johnson controls the floor, and conservative lawmakers have shown a willingness to block legislation they oppose from even coming up for a vote. But if the proponents can muster enough support from Democrats and Republicans, they could steer around the opposition through a maneuver known as a discharge petition. This allows lawmakers to force legislation to the floor if they can gather the signatures of a majority of the House 218 members, so a majority of that, calling for the action. Thank you, Matt, for that explanation of how that process works. Um, the, you know, the, the bottom line is that there are a number of conservatives, including our buddy Scott Perry in Pennsylvania, who are trying very hard to stop this nonsense. And it's a battle. It really is. Most of the Republicans in the House are not conservatives. They're really not. You know, the, the, the Senate is a different story. I mean, we know the frauds in the Senate, but you have more conservatives, believe it or not, who are in the Senate in a percentage basis than you do in the House because they're more outspoken. So you hear from them more. I should say it from that perspective, but they may not be the numbers, but in terms of their their willingness to step up and fight their own colleagues and everything, Mike Lee, Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, you know, these guys are willing to do that, even if they're outnumbered by their own fellow Republicans. In the House, you have a handful of Republicans that are actually outspoken and speak out against their own members, and the majority, the overwhelming majority of, of the Republicans in the, in the House are not conservative. They're Republican, but they're not conservative. So you're talking about... A um, couple dozen people who really are, you know, who really fight the good fight. And then the rest, eh, not so much. And it's easier for them to hide. Whereas in the Senate, it's a lot more difficult to hide. Like, you know who the phonies are in the Senate. You know, Mitt Romney and, you know, Murkowski and uh, what's her name? Susan Collins. I mean, you know, Thune. I mean, like, you know, you know who the frauds are in the Senate. It's not hard to figure those people out. But in the, in the House, they can, they can hide. Like, like cockroaches, you know, they can just scurry and hide in the dark. Um, so that's, you know, a fact of that. All right, let me take a quick break. we got a great guest coming up. We'll talk about the uh, forgotten man, the concept of the forgotten man, and does it explain the rise of Donald Trump? Listen, let me tell you about NJ Diet. NJ Diet's going to help you lose some weight, serious weight, 20 to 40 plus pounds in only 40 days. You can do this, and NJ Diet can help you do it, because NJ Diet's all natural. No shots, no hormones, no drugs, no prescriptions you got to take every day, no surgery, and no prepackaged foods. That stuff is terrible anyway. NJ Diet works with your body chemistry to make sure that you are burning fat the right way, and then you lose the weight for good. You keep it off, too. 
You keep the weight off. That is a beautiful thing. You get the doctor's personal email, the doctor's personal phone number, and NJ Diet's with you every step of the way. So just go to njdiet.com or call them today, 855-5-NJ-DIET. Spring is right around the corner. That means we're shedding the sweaters, we're shedding the big clothes, and we're going to be looking and feeling our best with NJ Diet. NJDiet.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, there's breaking news out of Kansas City. Multiple people have been struck in a shooting near the Super Bowl parade. We will keep you posted on that throughout the afternoon. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Very excited to welcome to the show Lee Habib. He is the vice president of content at Salem Media Group, and he's also host of Our American Stories, a podcast. Lee, thank you for joining me in Philadelphia. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, you wrote a piece at Newsweek uh, column about a speech that was given in the 1880s called The Forgotten Man, and you tie it into the explaining of the rise of Donald Trump. Um, I remember The Forgotten Man being talked about in 2016, too. Um, that was something that people talked about, The Forgotten Man, The Forgotten Woman. And I'm assuming it also kind of comes from that that idea as well? It did. It did. <clears throat> so, So tell us about it. What does it mean? Well, you know, when Sumner was writing in 1883, he was a Yale economist and also a free market guy. And he was looking at the landscape and seeing government sort of starting to grow, uh, seeing what were the inklings of a, of a progressive movement that would start to metastasize in the early 20th century, come into full fruition by the time Roosevelt's uh, presidency comes in. So he's seeing it ahead of time. But what he's observing is that these elites in academia, in the government, in, in, in uh, philanthropists are moving the needle on public policy without the consent of the hardworking, working class people of the country. So he made this syllogism. He starts with a simple idea. He said, A, Mr. Philanthropist, talks it over with B, Mr. Politician, then A and B propose to get a law passed to remedy the evil and help X, the poor, but they always ask C to pay for it. C is the forgotten man. And then he starts to write about who this person is, the forgotten man. And he says he's a simple, honest laborer. He's ready to earn his living by productive work. We pass him by because he is independent. He's self-supporting. He asks no favors from anyone. He says he has to get out of the soil enough to pay all of his taxes and all of his bills and everything else around him and fund all the plunder. Such is the forgotten man, he writes. He works, he votes, generally he prays, but he always pays. Yes, above all, he always pays. And this resonated with me, so did the rest of the uh, essay. And in Our American Stories, and we're heard on 300 stations around the country every night, and we're we're fastest-growing podcasts in the iHeart constellation. And it's because we're actually focusing not on what's happening today, but what's happened in the past in this great country, and a lot of this has happened before. Actually, almost everything has happened before. And that's why, in some respects, there's one side that doesn't really want us to learn American history. There's much to learn from our history. By the way, there's also much to be proud of in our history. And so that's half the reason we've done the podcast and the show. And, uh, and it's why I write for Newsweek. I rarely write about the events of the day. But I'm, I'm getting a lot of traffic because I'll write about things in the past and people will be reading it going, 
huh, how did we get past that? Uh, who is the forgotten man and woman today? Uh, and is that forgotten man and woman today anything like the forgotten man and woman of the late uh, 18, 19th, 18th century and 19th century? And the answer would be a resounding yes. Yeah, I agree. Look, and by the way, congrats on the success of your uh, of your show, Our American Stories. I think it's fantastic. It's 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 excellent. You're tapping into something. Uh, the, the forgotten man today, I guess, would be the people that I mean, in my mind, the first thing that comes to my mind, guys who work for unions, guys and gals who are union workers, auto workers, for example, they're you know, their their boss, the union president endorses Biden, yeah. but acknowledges that a majority of them are probably not going to vote for him. Uh, but this seems to be a, a thing, whether it's you know people that actually work for a living seem to be drawn to, say, Trump over Biden. And I think there's a reason for that. I think because they're, they, Trump taps into, the, he resonates with people, this idea of the elites are benefiting, they're getting rich off of you, off of your back, off of your hard work, and I'm going to fight them. And as a consequence of that, they're fighting me. And I think that the people see that, and I think it resonates with them. Well, you know, let's take climate change. Whether it's changing or not, I think the climate does change. So I'm with people who say the climate changes. But who decided all of the investment that we're putting into this? Who decided that we should be making X amount of electric cars by X amount of time? Who decided that? Who decided to make the head of the EPA the king of cars? Who decided to make uh, 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 Joe Biden uh, the executive in charge of how much oil we drill? And by one mandate says, no, liquefied natural gas, stop. Not an election on that, not a vote on that, just the use of raw executive power. Uh, and, and so on and so on. Who decided the school curriculum, right on the local level? Parents are going and saying, who decided that we teach our kids this? We didn't vote on it. We didn't get a say. And so what's happening is the working class folks who are busy every day, working, hustling, paying their bills, are not being represented by, by anyone, and they've gravitated to Trump. The poor are being represented by the Democrat Party. The elites living in cities who are highly educated and who agree with these agendas because they have the discretionary income to pay for them, they are buying those Teslas, and they're getting the $7,500 uh, voucher from a person driving a 15-year-old Ford F-150. This is infuriating. When the president says, I'm going to forgive student loans, the person who never went to college or went to junior college, the guy who's a plumber or a laborer is going, I'm going to pay for that deadbeat's loans? I didn't take the loan. Why should I pay for it? These were not things decided by a Democrat or a Republican government. These were fiats. And these are NGOs, academics, media elites, and the bureaucratic agencies of the United States and sheer executive power making these decisions. If Joe Biden ever ran on the issue of cutting off liquefied natural gas, if he ever ran on the idea that I'm going to make X amount of electric cars and that's that, he would have never got elected on that stuff. So I well, think what that's also what's going sending on. our money overseas too. I mean, ninety-five billion dollars in foreign aid. I mean, who who decided that? I mean, I, I think if I'm working for a living, I'm I'm angry about that. My money is constantly going overseas to help other countries. Well, the good news here is at least there are votes on that now, right? So we have the Senate vote for it, and the House isn't going to take it. And at least we, the people, now get to choose. By the way, if we, the people, want to send our money wherever we send it, or we, the people of any particular state, want to pass laws, well, then you win, you lose if you're on the other side of that, or you win, and then your job is to kick those bums out and have other people in. So I'm glad to see that we separated the bill. The Ukraine votes up, the Israel votes up, and then the American people get to decide 
through their elected representatives at least, and then there's a voting record, and yeah, then but, we but, can but kick the them problem, out of office. I, I hear you, but uh, you know, if if they if they lump everything in together, then I I'm not sure people really get the opportunity to hear what their elected officials are doing because they always have excuses. You know, I didn't want to vote for this, well, but I had to because of this, and you know, I, that's why these up or down votes are crucial. But I but that's okay. That's neither here nor there for this purpose, Lee. I want to ask you: Do you think the forgotten man? Do you think he's annoyed by the fact that Joe Biden got rich using his office to enrich his family? Or do you think they don't pay attention to that? No, I think they pay attention to a lot of people getting rich because of their connections. I think they're annoyed that there's crony capitalism, right? That's always annoyed me as a conservative, that big companies get special lobbying privileges and want to make it harder for small companies to compete. Or they're going off to China and doing deals in China at the expense of our national security. I think the ordinary working guy knows a lot more than, than people think they do. And they are upset that there are certain groups of elites getting, getting privileges at their expense or they're paying for them. I have no doubt they're upset about that. By the way, there are plenty of Republican congressmen whose kids lobby and make money from lobbying. I think they're tired of the same old, same old. I think they'd like to have somebody representing them. Like Trump, not like Trump. Nobody thinks he got into office to make more money. He came in wealthy, and he's probably left a lot less wealthy. So if anything, at least Trump was inured to the charge that he was there to enrich himself and his family. Yeah, uh, without question. If, if anything, all these, uh, you know, his legal defense bills have been crushing him. But, Lee, I think you're right, though, about the idea that uh, the politicians keep enriching themselves and it annoys people. And my theory is, you know, if everybody's uh, living high in the hog, maybe they don't pay attention to it. But when people are struggling, it really feels like something that is rubbed in their face. You know, I'm here struggling, trying to trying to buy groceries, trying to make ends meet. And you people are all getting rich off each other, getting rich off Washington. I think it matters. And I think that they're right to keep pushing the corruption Biden the allegations of the Biden crime family I think it is an important thing and I do think it resonates with people and I I dismiss people who say ah nobody cares nobody's paying attention well I love that the corruption wherever it is and I got to tell you Trump didn't didn't talk to the US Chamber of Commerce because he really believed as a guy who ran a small family business that these big big businesses in America were trying to saddle smaller businesses with bigger compliance costs and all kinds of higher tax bills. I mean, look what happened to Dodd-Frank. I mean, Dodd-Frank might as well have been called the Big Bank Protection Act. Fifty percent of small, regional, and community banks were put out of business because of the increased compliance costs of complying with all that Dodd-Frank, and then also all the additional costs for all the lawyers. And so ultimately, the big banks gobbled up a lot of those little banks, and it was the big banks that got us in trouble in the first place. So a lot of people champion, for instance, small business owners. We love Main Street. It's Wall Street. A lot of people, even old conservatives like me, have a real problem with Wall Street when it starts to sell out our national defense to China, when a place like BlackRock is starting to just do whatever it wants, uh, whenever it wants, with, with shareholders that they don't represent. They're, they're doing things like ESG and DEI. Who made this stuff up, ESG and DEI? Did we get to vote on it? And so I think that's the bigger thing. These things are happening to all of us, and we don't even know where they came from. All these DEI offices at our state colleges, who, who, who said that that was a good idea? And, and, and now it's so entrenched in schools. Um, how do we get it unentrenched, or how do we get a vote on it? I think that's what's going to be this election and upcoming elections are going to be about who decides and who pays.
Lee, where can people find you and listen to your uh, your podcast? It's just Our American Stories, uh, anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, we're okay. there, and we, sh- we we toss up three to five stories every day. Great. Lee Habib, thanks so much for making the time today. I appreciate it. Best of luck. You bet. Thank you. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Uh, we got a lot to chat about, including uh, the renewal of the FISA warrants, the warrantless uh, spying on American citizens. We'll talk about that. The latest on this parade shooting in Kansas City, the Super Bowl parade. But I would say about my friends at Cherry Hill Volvo, they do such great work, and I'm so proud of our partnership with them. I got to see my friend Judith Krupnik yesterday and my friend Yosef. I brought my father-in-law there. Um, he just leased a beautiful XC4. He had the S60, and he loved it, but now he wanted an SUV, and he loves it. The color's beautiful. It's a nice blue color. Um, Very happy with the experience. He said, wow, you know, they take care of everything for you. It's just just a really tremendous experience. Uh, His his opinion is exactly what I hear all the time from people. They just take great care of you at Cherry Hill Volvo, and that's the difference. Relationships matter. They give you the luxury experience you deserve. Now, the dealership is going through a big renovation right now. You know, Judah's father built the dealership in the early 1960s, and um, they're due for a big renovation. But don't let that stop you because they have a tremendous inventory, uh, beautiful cars, including your one chance to get the S60 courtesy car for less than $29,000 with less than 5,000 miles on it. Built in the USA, it is, they've one left, one SC60 courtesy vehicle left. But they have tremendous inventory and great lease programs, and they always strive to find you the best possible and incentives promotions and incentives to make sure you get the absolute best price so go see them today right on route 70 in cherry hill where relationships matter cherry hill volvo rich zioli weekday afternoons three to seven talk radio 1210 wphd and on the free odyssey app baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.